Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today, it's the Origins episode. Oh, the Origins of who? Wolverine? No. Spawn? No. Doctor Strange? No, no, no. Starfire? No. Squirrel Girl? No, no, Lance. I got it. Cyberforce? No, Lance, we're talking about ourselves. Oh, cool. Welcome to the Origins episode of Comic Book Keepers. I am very excited, Lance. I am very excited as well. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we're um, starting this thing off. This is our Origins episode where we're going to be talking about how we got into comics and kind of what the show is going to be about. So um, why don't you kick things off? All right. Now, in this day and age where there's plenty of podcasts out there, especially about comic books, you might be asking yourself, why do we need another and the truth is, we're really just two friends that love comic books that wanted to talk about them and learn a little bit more about certain characters and creators and runs. We definitely just wanted an excuse to read more comics, I think. And with what's going on with COVID-19, we're in isolation, so we thought this is probably the best time we have to actually spend some extra time reading and learning. And we thought, you know what, let's just put some of that information down out there and see if we can share what we've learned and have some fun while we do it. So we decided to start this podcast to give ourselves kind of homework assignments, if you will, of reading comics, finding out a little bit more information about some of the characters that we've loved over the years. And hopefully you guys will enjoy reading comics and listening to the episodes and learning more about these characters as we go through them one by one. Okay, so a little bit about us. My name is Chris. Uh, I am married to a beautiful woman who's a bit of a nerd herself. I'm a father of two. I am most notably known for being an illustrator of two web comics in the early 2000s, Striptease and Punch and Pie. And I'm also on a D&D podcast called Knights of the Rolled Table, where we play some very silly D&D. Uh, that's a kind of a family-friendly show, so that's happening currently. I'm also the creator of an upcoming Patreon project called Dungeon Heads, which is uh, illustrated Dungeons and Dragons characters for anybody to download. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Dungeon Heads and also at Daily Tunes RPG if you want to see some of my personal artwork. Well, like I said before, my name's Lance and I am the husband of a wonderful woman. Uh, no babies just yet, but we'll see how that goes in, as time goes on. Yes. And I don't have a career or background really in the creative arts, but I have spent a lot of time around comic books. Uh, I currently am writing for a nerd culture website called The Geekly Grind. You can find it at thegeeklygrind.com. It's basically a place where you can find anything related to comic books, graphic novels, manga, anime, convention coverage when there are conventions. Anything really that interests you related to nerd culture in general can be found on that website. Yeah, and the Geekly Grind is our sponsor for all of our issues. In fact, they're pretty much the sponsor for the entire series. So thank you to the Geekly Grind for hosting us. And if you're coming 
to us from the Geekly Grind. Welcome. I guess we should talk about how we got into comics, first of all. So kind of our origin story. That's what we're calling this issue. I personally started off as, you know, I was into those those books that you ordered from like the school book catalog, like Garfield and the far side. And I was into comic strips for a long time, ever since I can remember growing up, you know, peanuts and things like that. And then, so comic books were a little bit of a mystery. I, I first got into comic book heroes, I guess, as anybody else did, like through cartoons, um, Spider-Man, and his amazing friends watching super friends. I remember that very distinctly in the late seventies, early (laughs) eighties. And, uh, so when I was around like eight or nine, um, the, my first real big foray into comic books as a, as a medium, like maybe the the one or two issues here and there up till then. But, um, for, for Christmas one year, my, uh, one of my presents was this giant box of Marvel comics. And this came from the Sears catalog. And back in the eighties, when you actually had a paper Sears catalog, it it was, that was the thing. First of all, Sears was still around. And also they printed this big paper catalog and in the catalog, you could pick out things and say, this is what I want. And then they would order it for you. It was the Amazon of its day, essentially. So I decided, uh, talking with my parents, I was like, I want that. And that's a big hundred comics randomly selected of either Marvel or DC. Just knowing that Spider-Man was Marvel, I decided to go with Marvel. So I got for Christmas, a box of a hundred random Marvel comics. And let me tell you, Lance, there were some clunkers in there. There was, you know, your, your Quasar, your, uh, I'm trying all, to think all like, the Q, all the Q heroes. Yeah. The, the really, obscure heroes from cosmic space. And and there was probably some that since, since then have actually gone up in price, but I do remember seeing a lot of Spider-Man, a couple of Avengers. Uh, there was the first appearance of Gambit in X-Men uncanny X-Men, That's which when deal. we get to our X-Men episode, I will talk about the issue of uncanny X-Men where, um, Captain America and Wolverine and Black Widow had a flashback yes. issue. Mm-hmm. And that was that was an amazing issue. Yeah. And it was cover, that was cover art uh, by, by Jim Lee. By Jim Lee, yeah. And that's how I got into Jim Lee as an artist. And it was like amazing. So so that box was this I just kind of poured through it and picked out my favorites and I would reread them and I would look at the art and I would look at all the interiors and I'd read all of the letters. And that kind of got me into you know, appreciating the art form and appreciating the the hobby. And it kind of led me into collecting um, other things. Now, at that same time, I was also watching the Ninja Turtles cartoon. And I found out that there was a Ninja Turtles comic book. Now, this is not the Mirage comics, but the uh, Archie version, which was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. And they were doing sort of an adaptation in comic form of the cartoon. So I started collecting those and I collected them for several years. And that's the first book that I really started collecting. After that, I got into X-Men. That that was the early 90s at that point. And I started getting into uh, the Jim Lee run of X-Men. I started collecting McFarlane Spider-Man. I started collecting, um, you know, the 
death of Superman and the Batman uh, Nightfall and and all of that stuff in the 90s that everybody got into everything from image, of course. So that just that's I, I, I went through all that just like a lot of people did and started going to conventions and I became kind of the comics nerd for life. So that's that's me in a nutshell. How about yourself? Well, uh, as a good uh, 90s baby, I grew up on all of those classic 90s cartoon shows. So I was obviously obsessed with the animated X-Men series. I yes. loved I loved uh, the animated Spider-Man I, series. I think we should we should do the <laughs> copyright. Yeah. <laughs> but even even thinking about that series, you're you're thrown into that music. You you can't help it. It's it's kind of ingrained in the DNA of this this generation that grew up with these heroes and these series. But I don't I didn't have any comics actually until just right after the first Sam Raimi Spider Man film. And I remember going to the theater. I actually went went with my mom. So this was two thousand one. Two thousand and one. So I went with my mom, and I was obviously obsessed with it. It was a great film. There, aside besides from the X Men movie that had been out, it was one of the few live action superhero films that were really enjoyable. And immediately after that film, I remember going to the toy store and I got to pick out. Uh, a green goblin toy that you could hold this trigger and it would spin around and make noise. And I remember playing with that a lot. But then that Christmas, I woke up and had Santa had brought me this gigantic pile of just Spider-Man books. So found out my mom had gone to a comic book shop that was right across the way from a KB Toys, RIP. And within... <laughs> that bundle of books uh, there were a few covers that really caught my eye and one in particular was issue number six I believe it was of the Spider-Man Todd McFarlane run and I remember just seeing how vicious and wild Hobgoblin looked on that cover and I was hooked with comics after that and then I kept following the films, I kept following TV shows, but I didn't really become a comic book collector until much later. I was actually in college, and my roommate Josh at the time, he was very much into comic books. He had a room full of trade paperbacks, and I just remember him always asking me if I wanted to read this or that. And then I remember one day he hands me Old Man Logan, and I was just like, all right, like I'll give it a I'll give it a try. And I couldn't put it down. I read it all in one sitting and became obsessed with comics again in that moment. And so at the end of that semester, I went home, grabbed my stack of Spider-Man books, because that was literally the only books I still I had. I didn't collect anymore. Went to a local comic book shop and started sifting through, finding something I want. I found a run of X Factor. And I thought you know, I like X-Men, like, let's give it a try. So the owner was very nice. They went one for one with me with books. So I just traded one in, they gave me one back. And luckily enough, within that run was actually the first cameo and first full appearance of Apocalypse. So my comic book collection was starting off very well in the beginning, because this was the time 
right few months before X-Men Apocalypse was going to be in theaters. After that, I was at the comic book shop every week, if not every few days, just looking through back stock, looking at what was new coming out, getting caught up on all these years of books that I had never read. And that led me to uh, going to conventions, getting to know uh, comic book creators and artists. I was able to help out that same friend, that, that same roommate I had. He actually had a booth at a con because he did some art at the time. So I helped him there. I just kind of stuck with comics since then. And something that is really cool is while I was actually in grad school, without any money and not able to really afford books, I was somehow able to uh, work my way into working for a local comic book shop. But rather than being paid in money, they actually paid me in, in books, which I was happy about because I was getting my fix without having oh, to tell wow. my wife the that's little the money. Kind of, that's the wreck. best kind of currency. Right. And so rather than having a, a small income, it would have been minuscule versus being able to get the books that I wanted. And I was able to pick out any new book I wanted pretty much or any back stock really. And this, this store, I'll give them a shout out, is Coffee with Comics. And the owner, her name's Joe, and she's absolutely amazing. I love her. And she helped my collect, comic book collection explode just because I was getting handfuls over handfuls of just comics weekly. And so I was able to work at the comic book shop, so I was getting to know characters a lot better, getting to know a lot more runs. And then also while I was at grad school, there was a, another comic book shop that I would frequent too, and they needed some help running their booth at a convention. So I went with them and helped run their booth, and I would go off, and they would send me with books, and I would go and get them signed by the artists and the creators. So not only did I get to go to cons for free, I got to meet some of my favorite creators I got to meet Jerry Conway, who is the co-creator of Punisher. Um, there's just a lot of those those stories that I have now just because of comic books. And it's pretty much a love that's never gone away. I think that's awesome. I think that you that's cool that you got paid in comic books. Uh, and that probably gave you a good history lesson for Absolutely. all the different types of stuff that was out there. It, it makes me think of when I, so I, I was reading all these books in the nineties when the comics boom was happening. And then also the subsequent nineties comics fall of all of these, you know, variant issues and all the stunt, you know, storylines like the death of Superman and, and all of the image comics. And then, and then a bunch of comics just started failing and they started losing all this money and, and, I don't know if you're too young to remember that, but like it was, Oh, I definitely do. It was, it was a good time and it was also a very bad time. And then what happened is this sort of second wave of indie comics came out. And what I mean by second wave, I think the first wave was really big in the seventies. I only know that because I took a history of comics class when I went to grad school and I went for sequential art at Savannah college of art and design in, in Savannah, Georgia. And I highly recommend SCAD, uh, if you want to go there for learning about comics illustration as a art major, uh, it was a really fun process and, and 
curriculum to go through. But I took this history of comics class and it really stuck with me because we started from the 50s. We learned about the comics code. We went through, you know, the golden age, the silver age. And we went through this indie comics with R. Crumb, with Zap Comics, all the creators that had to self-publish. And we studied a lot of the British comics like Judge Dredd and uh, stuff like that. Did You seem like a Judge Dredd kind of person. Did you ever get into Judge Dredd? I've read some Judge Dredd. Uh, I haven't read as much as I definitely need to. I know yeah, I think, of the storylines, but I haven't read the actual comic. I think I think you would dig it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk about Judge Dredd in a future issue. Yeah. So, but but up in, up through the '90s, I was just really into uh, mainstream comics, and I even though Ninja Turtles was indie technically, I considered that mainstream because yeah. it was it was the it was definitely not an independent comic in in the traditional sense. But once I went to grad school, it really started to make me appreciate all the other kinds of art out there. I saw in these in this history of comics book that we used as a textbook, all these different uh, art and and all the different um, artists. And I really started getting into Hellboy. Like I had never seen Hellboy and it had been out a couple of years by that point, but I saw that now and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with Mike Mignola's art and just the kind of the minimalist. And we, we started taking, talking about like appreciating all of these, these different styles um, I took a couple of classes where we had to like color in comic book pages and we would color in stuff from, from him and from um, bone. Uh, there's a the great comics called bone, uh, which I finally got the collected edition a couple of years ago. <laughs> it was very huge, nice. very thick book. Um, Joan and Vasquez uh, did a comic called Johnny, the homicidal maniac, which uh, for those of you who, don't know what that is. You might recognize Invader Zim on Nickelodeon, and he did a very violent and very funny, but also extremely dark comic book called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, uh, Roman Dirge. So stuff like that. And, and in the early 2000s, as I was starting to appreciate all these these indie comics that were out there. And then I also was getting into uh, web comics and and like Penny Arcade, Senfest, Mega Tokyo, and I was making my own web comics. So. I started getting more into out of the superhero stuff, but I was learning about all these different types of comic books and, and sequential art in general. Um, later on, I would get into stuff like Scott Pilgrim and strangers in paradise and things like that. So it's, it's continuing I, every once in a while, I'll find something that's very inspiring. That's in a comic form or in a comic book or possibly even a comic strip online. And with, with online comics being what they are now, I think it's really cool just to, have so much exposure uh, on comics, uh, you know, being able to appreciate all these different artists that are making stuff themselves. So did you ever get into indie stuff when you first started, when you were working in the shop and did that help you appreciate independent comics? I actually, so specifically as soon as I started working at that comic book shop and having the freedom to really get books that I wouldn't normally pay for, for free so i would take chances and i would just pick out whatever kind of caught my eye and i got really lucky because the shop that i worked at again again copy with comics joe is all about indie books and so when i started there she was handing me books left and right as far as indie indie titles were concerned and I was able to find some of my favorite comics of the past few years just through those recommendations. 
Nice. A few of my favorite just off the bat would be Die from Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans, which is a D&D RPG yeah. a fantasy series, which is probably one of the most well-written comic books I've ever read, period. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that. Yes, Die <laughs> needs its own episode. And another one of my really favorite titles is uh, from Boom Studios, and it's Bone Parish by Colin Bunn. And I'm so sorry to the artists, I just can't think of their name right now. But <laughs> it, it's beautifully illustrated, extremely well-written. Colin Bunn has done so many different titles and runs, and he's done a lot of work with... Uh, He's done a lot of work with symbiotes in Marvel Universe, which I've loved all those stories. And I, so I, I would definitely say I am far more interested in and pulled into the indie comic book realm than I ever was before. Yeah, and I think now it's kind of come full circle a little bit because while Image at first was not mainstream, it's sort of the the flashiness of the initial image creators sort of has died down over the early two thousands. And now you have these, all these indie books and non superhero books that are part of image and boom and uh, you know, Valiant has come back and, and stuff like that. So I think you, if you consider those indie comics, IDW, you know, who, who's putting out all of these, um, you know, IP comics like Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and stuff like that. But there's still there's enough to go around for different different fandoms. Uh, if you if you like Doctor Who, if you like uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like all the different titles that they come out with. Yeah. If there's an IP, it's a comic that. Yeah, it, it just gets done eventually. Even if it's just a single issue, it exists. It's somewhere. And it's probably by IDW. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, Power, Power Rangers is actually Boom Studios. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a little bit about us and about our history, how we got into comics. Uh, we're going to be diving right in with a couple of issues of our first comics that we got into. For me, it's going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And for Lance, it's going to be Spider-Man. That's right. So those are going to be our first issues. And then after that, we'll see who we're going to dive into as far as our topics. But before we go, um, you can find us on social media in a couple places. We're on Twitter at CBKCast, also on Instagram at CBKCast. And we are hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky, from anime to manga to board games, video games, comics, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out the composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our good friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. You can check out his amazing work at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as downloading all of his available music for free from his Patreon, at Arcane Anthems. So until next time, keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. (laughs) 